0: Well, today we are going to be talking about taboos and adoption and how that relates. And the definition of taboo, according to the Merriam-Webster website, is a prohibition imposed by social custom or as a protective measure or something that is not acceptable to say, mention, or do. So that is something that is taboo.
1: Some examples of taboo activities... That are not necessarily related to adoption, but just examples of what is considered taboo in society would be abortion. It's not something that you would walk out of an abortion clinic, you know, with your T-shirt waving it in the air. Addiction. Coming home at Thanksgiving, you're not going to walk through the front door of your parents' house and shout out your latest hey, addiction. Guess what? You'll never believe what I have. <laughs> <laughs> Adultery is another example of something that's taboo. Um, again Thanksgiving dinner you're not going to sit down and and share with you know your family guess what I did last weekend that's your (laughs) husband and let's say you're at Thanksgiving dinner and we'll just continue this example because it's coming up yeah Uh, you know if your your brother brings home um, his new girlfriend and she's considerably older than him you're not going to lean over and ask her her age
0: even if you do it discreetly it's not okay
1: Oh. <laughs> okay. Just
0: making sure. No, right.
1: Honest anyway. So don't make us lie. Kind of <laughs> um, prostitution. Again, if, if you choose this as your uh, career, it's not something that you're going to hand out business cards at your kid's soccer game for Okay. Um, salaries. Uh, it's not, it's considered taboo to ask somebody what they make. My, my kids will try it and, we don't entertain that because it's none of their business. Um, they like to know, you know, how much money we make and they include themselves in we. And with the exception of one of my daughters, none of our other children work. So there is no we in in the number. Right. And the m- amount of money that my daughter makes, um, you know.
0: So what do you so- say? You just say, well, let's put it this way. I make 100% more than you because <laughs> you're making nothing. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> In fact, you're in the negative,
0: (laughs) right? Because you're spending a lot without making any
1: (laughs) sexism is another example of a a topic that's taboo. If you were to walk into a store and there is a lady that comes out and says, can I help you? And you say, well, I need to speak to the store manager. And she says, well, I am the store manager. And you look at her and you think, no, no, you're a woman.
0: I I would Um, like to speak to a man manager, please. It's right in the word manager.
1: (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Exactly with weight, you know, asking somebody their weight when you're at the grocery store and you're looking at turkeys in that open uh freezer and you're trying to find the biggest one which is what I always do because you, know you know have a big
0: family, right?
1: Right, right, to have somebody lean over next to you and say, "Hey, you know, you're not a butterball, but that's a big turkey. What do you weigh in at?" you know.
0: Right. Where are you coming in? You can even tell me in ounces. I don't care. That's
1: fine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I always think about the weight thing because when you're in like a boxing sport or wrestling and they talk about weighing in at this number, I always think there's not a lot of women in wrestling and boxing. And I wonder if that's why. I mean, I wouldn't want to walk through a door and have somebody announce my weight to an audience. We're
0: having a press conference to tell everybody your weight at this current Mm -hmm. moment. Now tell me, so it's kind of related to the weight thing. Is it ever okay to ask, Oh, are you pregnant? No. Okay, so that's the hard, fast rule is you never ask that.
1: I guess you could ask if she's in labor and delivery, because if you're wrong, that's devastating for you, for the person that you've asked, and for anybody that's happened over here. Fair enough. So the reason that society has looked upon adoption as a taboo subject is because in the last seven decades, up to now, there are some things that have been present and and we'll talk about how we've deviated from them in, in a couple of minutes but some of the things that we're doing now that's keeping adoption in the taboo ballpark is when society looks at a couple who can't biologically conceive a child and then assumes that adoption is the default choice you know they when somebody says oh you know we're adopting unfortunately some people will say oh Oh, have you tried fertility treatments? Right. Or oh, was it just not happening? You know, the stork wasn't knocking at the door. So then they're they're forced then to you know give their medical history, which is completely inappropriate. Uh, adoptive fa- parents often feel pressured to be the perfect parents. You know, they went through this journey to become parents. They they walked um, a lot of extra paths to become a parent, and because they did this. You know, sometimes they've done fundraisers to help for their adoption. And mm-hmm. so they feel like, you know, all eyes are on them. So they, they have to have these Stepford children that are like robots that behave at every function. And, you know, they show as parents up at the door, you know, the dad comes home in the tie at five o'clock and the wife standing at the door waiting <laughs> for her husband with her makeup on and, you know, holding a plate of cookies and lemonade and the, and the high children-
0: heels and the whole bit. Everything's got to be just so no. nothing out of place ever. Yeah, that is a lot of pressure.
1: It is. Um, Adoptees are often told that they're lucky to be adopted. This is something that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. Um, For those adults that knew that I was adopted when I was a child, they would, you know, kind of lean down and say, you're so lucky to be adopted. And yeah, that's just not something that... It's not something you should say. Right. You know, concerns that they may have regarding an open adoption. If you choose an open adoption as an adoptive parent... Don't engage in conversations with people that are naysayers that have these stories that they want to share with you about why you should have a closed adoption. Stand firm on your beliefs and go with what you know to be true. Stories can be embellished. Stories can be a product of the telephone game.
0: Mm-hmm. Remember
1: that because you don't you don't want somebody to say like, oh, ooh, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, what if, what if, what if, yeah. And we
0: all tend to do this in our society, maybe more than societies before. We have seen movies and TV shows, some real, some docu- or, you know, documentaries, some are just completely fictional. But we get this thing in our head that the worst possible scenario could come true. And that birth mother is going to come through the window in the middle of the night. And it's just not reality. But we build this up in our head from all the inputs we have in our life This in this day we and do.
1: age. We do. And I think a lot of that, and I think you're right that it's happening more now, that is happening more now in society than ever before, because we have access to instant information. I mean, when you and I were young, if we wanted to research something, we had to go to the library. Mm-hmm. We had to look it up. And that's not the case anymore. Now you can just type a couple words and bam, you're inundated with information And people believe what they read, regardless of the source, unfortunately. Not everybody, but many people do. Like an example. Do you remember when the movie The Blair Witch Project came out? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So after watching that in the theater, it says it was real at the end. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking,
0: wow. You know, how?
1: And I think I spent weeks trying to figure out if it was actually real or not
0: but you did your homework afterwards to see, okay, this isn't real, but a lot of people would just accept it and go, okay, I just watched a documentary.
1: Right. Telling an adoptee that they're an adoptee, especially in the earshot of somebody else, again, is going to make them feel different. And as we've said, birds of a feather flock together, kids want to be the same. They don't want to be distinguishable among their peers. They want to fit in. Uh, birth parents, when they're going to the grocery store, may be asked, oh, how far along are you? What are you naming your baby? Are you having a boy or a girl? And birth parents have have spoken with me and said that this is something that's really hard for them because they don't know how to answer those questions. They want to give one answer that will kind of just shut everybody up. But if they give them the one answer that says, well, I'm placing the baby for adoption, then you hear the hushed tones and people don't know how to respond. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's uncomfortable. But then if they start talking about the baby, that's hard because they feel like they're not telling the whole truth. And so it's it's one of those situations that, one, we shouldn't be putting other people in. It's none of our business if she's having a boy or a girl. And why do you care anyway?
0: Right. You don't know her. No. So you say a lot of these birth mothers do come to you and ask you, how do I handle this situation? What is your advice? Like, specifically, what do you tell them to say to strangers?
1: So – and we can go into a whole podcast in the future on this. So mm-hmm. what we, what I talk to them about is their comfort level. If they want, if they've seen this cashier and they know they're going to keep seeing her and they want to share that with her and that's something they're choosing to do, then share to their comfort level.
0: Right.
1: If they don't want to um, pick up their cell phone, act like they're on it and start talking. Or they can say, I'm placing the baby for adoption and I'm really not interested in your answer or your input. Right. Um, You can say it politely, you know, I'd rather not talk about it or frankly, it's none of your business, you know, and some, some birth moms are very forthright and they'll just tell it how it is. And other birth moms really just want to fly underneath the radar and and not, and they have a right to do so. I completely
0: understand that because when I'm in public, I don't want to have just general discussions with anybody. So, and I have a hard time if somebody approaches me and starts talking to me about, anything. A lot of times, you know, it'll be a shirt I'm wearing and they're like, oh, that's my favorite band. And then they want to go back and reminisce the first concert they saw of this band. And it's like, I didn't wear this shirt so that I could talk to you. I don't know you. So I feel very awkward, but I also have a hard time pulling myself away from a situation when somebody starts talking to me like that. So, and I can imagine how much more personal it is when you're talking about the life of a baby inside of you.
1: So if you're somebody that really does struggle with not wanting to hurt somebody's feelings and yet not wanting to get roped into a conversation, Mm -hmm. just pull up your phone and say, Oh, thank goodness. I caught this, you know, and, and thank God for
0: cell phones. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. Uh, The other thing too, is, is that, you know, pregnant women are not public property. Mm -hmm. They don't owe you any answers. You don't have a right to go up and touch their stomach. Um, When you see um, somebody with a newborn baby, please don't go up and touch the baby, especially with this being the COVID pandemic. Right. They're not, like I said, public property. This isn't a park. This isn't where she owes you an explanation. And so I think that that's really important. I mean, you know, you've asked the question in the past, you know, is it ever appropriate to ask a woman if she's pregnant? No, it's none of your business, right? I mean, it's not, uh, I think that people take liberties Mm -hmm. that they're not entitled or even should take. And I think that we have allowed it as society. And I can tell you that I love nothing more than walking into a store and having somebody say good morning, but like you, it can stop there. Right. I love that. I love being greeted. I love it. But then to stop when, you know, usually with as many children and and as much work as I do, I'm always in a hurry. My kids will say that. Why are you always in a hurry? I'm always in a hurry. (laughs) And to stop, and be asked questions or, and I get it that someone's trying to be nice and friendly and outgoing and maybe, you know, you're the only person that they're going to engage with for that day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the right to impose that on somebody else, because if I stop and I, and I talk with this, this person for 15 minutes, yes, I, I've done a nice thing, but now for somebody who's busy, I'm going to have to now pull 15 minutes out somewhere else. Right. And so it's, it's. You know, you can tell if somebody wants to talk to you rather than if they don't.
0: Right. And I mean, if you see someone who's pregnant and you're like, oh, that in your heart, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, that's wonderful. I don't know the situation and I don't want to know it. But to acknowledge it and just say, hey, congratulations and move on. And, you know, you don't have to make it into a conversation. Or what can you say to kind of acknowledge that, hey, that's I think that's cool. You know Nothing
1: because you're not, you don't even know that they're pregnant. Oh, that's true. I forgot. <laughs> I almost forgot my own rule. <laughs> right. Because if you walk by and you say congratulations for what and picking up, uh, you know, a stack of cookies. I
0: mean, those are good cookies. I've eaten them before. Congratulations on your choice.
1: Chose the best one. Yes. <laughs> so right, yeah, they're easy to. It's easy to forget.
0: Yes, it is
1: you know post adoption communication when you're doing an adoption and you are sharing this with family members and friends mm-hmm. you want to give their input their input is irrelevant and you have made a decision and an agreement with somebody you need to make sure that you are following what you agreed to do and Sally and Bob don't have a right to come in and and say oh I wouldn't do that. Isn't that going to be a lot of work? Mm-hmm. Why would you agree to that? Did you have to agree to that in order for her to place the baby with you? Is that really what this was? And, and then that's not positive talk. And so Sally and Bob need to just stay out of it. And again, it will help your family if your adoption is kept within your family, mm-hmm. meaning your you know your husband and, and children or whoever is in your in your household. It will help your family become more solid, safe, and secure because the more open you are about your adoption specifics, the more people can insert themselves into it. And if that's a door that you don't open for your neighbors, they can't walk in. That makes a lot of sense. And somebody who's entering into
0: a post-adoption agreement with a birth mother or the birth parents, they have thought this over well in advance. They've gone over this. They it's not like they just went and bought a loaf of bread. They are ready for their choice. So for somebody to come in out of the sidelines here and go, oh, I wouldn't have done that, that's none of your business again. A lot again, it goes back to what we keep saying. People are taking liberties for something that they have no business taking liberties in. Yeah.
1: Correct. Now, where there is a caveat to this is that if you are beginning your adoption journey and you're, you're, you're asking people, oh, what, is your, what type of post-communication adoption agreement do you have? Are you willing to share it with me so I can start to learn and understand and grow in my education of what to expect? That's different. Right. And if somebody says no, respect their no. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, one of the biggest problems in society today is we're not respecting people's no's.
0: So just establishing and being honorable to others' boundaries. Yes. Okay.
1: Correct. Some people say, you know, I have a really hard time saying no. In my opinion, that is because of the pressure and the pushback you get when you say no. And if we start honoring and respecting the, the no's that people do say, people will be more comfortable in saying no rather than doing things out of obligation. Or because they don't want the pushback, or they right. don't want that awkward feeling when they say no. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, Oh, I just made this. Here, try a bite. No, thank you. Oh, come on. I just worked on it for a couple hours. Here, to try one bite. There's one right. little bite. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then the sad face, you know. And, and so, you know, I remember, um, a long time ago, my husband and I were having a garage sale and some lady came up and she was trying to, you know, bargain and barter for something. And my husband said no when she offered her her price and she asked again and he said no. And she asked a third time and he said no. And then she, she made the pouty face. You know, that she was sad. <laughs> right. It didn't work.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, your husband, Adam, he knows how to establish his boundaries and he doesn't mm-hmm. let people cross them. No. I have a tougher time personally. I'm just yeah and it is it's hard and you're right if society was more apt to accept a no especially on the first or second time it would make it a whole lot easier for people like me to say no
1: I'm in between you and Adam. mine's situational depending on the situation the day that I've had right (laughs) the
0: patience that's left over from everything else that's happened right
1: yes again also words that that society uses you know real parents well real parents define real is real what's on the birth certificate because Mm -hmm. adoptive parents get a new birth certificate at the adoption where you know when it's finalized with their names on it or are you really referring to really referring to (laughs) the (laughs) birth parents so stop using that word yeah stop Um, again, we've used the word give up for adoption. A lot of birth mothers will come in and they use that term themselves Mm -hmm. and it's a mindset. So if you walk in and say, you know, I'm giving up my baby for adoption, it sounds like defeat. It does. That's not what adoption is. You say, I'm placing my baby for adoption. That's a choice made out of being empowered. So. Again, it's perspective. You know, if a birth mother is empowered and she's choosing to place her baby Mm -hmm. rather than adoption out of defeat, there's a big difference. And society looks at it as a big difference. Right. You know, in the past seven decades, um, I think part of the reason why adoption is less taboo than it used to be is because the laws surrounding adoption records are changing. Access to adoption records are more obtainable, which may give adoptees more closure and answers regarding their biology, as it did me. By opening the door, I'm able to see what's inside. In terms of my biology and my heritage and my genealogy, I'm not left wondering. <clears throat> when adoption records were sealed and closed, you're left wondering, and your mind can take you to places that you don't want to go. hmm in the past, adoptions were almost always closed. Mm-hmm. When the door is closed, you wonder what's behind the door. Like all the game shows, what's behind door number one, door number <laughs> two, door number three. And when you have an open adoption, the door's open. So the wondering's gone, the mysteriousness is gone, and you're able to see clearly. I think that is such a healthy perspective for adoptees, adoptive parents, as well as birth parents because it's both ways. They're able to, to see what's going on, to have clarity. And that brings peace. There was a really negative stigma against uh, single women who weren't married and pregnant. And they would be sent off in the olden days to these maternity homes to have the babies and then come back. And a story would be made up as to where they went. <clears throat> My birth mother's situation was similar. She wasn't sent away because they didn't find out that she was pregnant until three weeks before I was born. Mm-hmm. But only a few family members knew um, my, my biological grandmother wanted to keep it quiet. And so when I reunited with my birth mom, I outed her <laughs> which <when> she was like, <laughs> and you know, it was, it was a big deal because again, people didn't even know that I had existed. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, it is not such a, sh- a social stigma to see an unmarried woman pregnant, whether or not she chooses to parent or place. Birth fathers nowadays are more included in the adoption process and in post-adoption communication agreements, where in the past they weren't included. They weren't; it wasn't looked at as you know two parties placing a baby for adoption so much. It was really one person, and mm-hmm. I think that it's amazing that we've included men in the adoption process as well.
0: And I want to see more and more men getting involved and, you know, taking a stake in this process, because I think that's important for us as a society, as well as just men in general.
1: Well, not just that, but it goes even further. So for adoptees, that's one half of their genealogy, one Mm -hmm. half of their biology. They will only, if he's not a part of the adoption process and there's no records on him. No information, then an adoptee will only have half of their biology and genealogy. So, so yeah, so talking about adoption, spreading awareness, and dispelling stigmas and stereotypes will help prevent adoption from continuing to be a taboo topic. Being secretive about adoption will only increase the mysteriousness surrounding adoption from it, and prevent society from understanding what adoption really is. As part of the adoption community, I do believe that it's our responsibility to continue to promote adoption awareness, adoption education, and dispel myths. Facts are truly the only thing that is going to set adoption aside from being a taboo subject.
0: Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song I Don't Know as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters in Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.